Welcome to On Culture. On this podcast, we talk about culture and faith and the world and our place in it. You can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also support our work and explore all of our content on our website, theembassy.substack.com. Here's Mike. Welcome back for another episode of On Culture. On Culture is the podcast of the Embassy, theembassy.substack.com. Uh, I am joined today by Brett Toth, uh, the Director of Restoration Council. Uh, Brett's waving. Uh, oh, hello. <laughs> so you can- <laughs> if you couldn't hear that. Uh, uh, and Susan James, who's joined us before. Susan's also a therapist. Um, hello. You're the Director of Susan James. Yeah. <laughs> LLC. That'll work. Founder, CEO. Um, and so uh, if you've read the piece uh, this uh, past week uh, in the embassy, it's about really um, a particular person's struggle or uh, lifelong struggle. Uh, he described it as defeat. You know, he'd sort of given up trying to struggle against his obesity uh, and trying all these different things. And then through his uh, uh, new uh, medicine for his diabetes, Manjuro, I might be saying that wrong, uh, suddenly his appetite uh, changed dramatically. And this struggle that he had defined himself by in a certain way, maybe not consciously, uh, his perception of himself, because his struggle uh, resulted in, you know, visible manifestations, uh, unlike maybe some of our struggles. Uh, and then suddenly all that was gone and it was very disorienting, uh, to him. Um, he took up a hobby, he bought a synthesizer, he needed something to do, uh, because he didn't have to struggle anymore. Um, and then he asked, a, I think a perceptive question that I, that I sort of like to launch into is without that struggle, uh, do I know who I am? And what if there was a drug for, in his question is, what if there was a drug for all my vices? Uh, you know, would I know who I am? So um, I guess I want to sort of uh, open-ended throw it to you guys, uh, whoever wants to, to talk first, and just talk about your your response to the article, your uh, your initial response maybe to that question. Go ahead, Brett. Um, How about it? Uh, I mean, there's so many places you can go with that, you know, it's, um, uh, I remember reading somewhere once that, uh, you know, it's like, we're made for desire, you know, we're made to want things and to move towards things that we currently don't have. And, uh, I think Aristotle said it's, and it's the nature of desire not to be satisfied, you know? And so it's like, there's something about us that actually, comes alive in the relationship to dissatisfaction and we mm. become kind of more of actually who we were made to be creatures of desire. Mm. And, um, I don't know. I mean, that's the first place I would start of like, you know, taking a pill, um, fixing, um, any kind of struggle. It feels like it would interrupt. I mean, basically how we were made to work. Mm. So it takes away his desire. Yeah. His appetite suddenly, like he doesn't want to eat very much food anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your thoughts, Susan? That's interesting. I didn't think about going there, but um, I guess 
um, my thought was, um, you know, you, they talked to the ge genetic component, you know, there's also a psychological component. Was it, you know, was he self-medicating with food or was it mm -hmm. purely physiological or spiritual, you mm -hmm. know, the brokenness and, um, I don't know. I think, um, you know, when somebody comes into a counseling room, I think they do want that. At least they think they want that taken away. They want um, the the struggle against the the thing they don't want in themselves. They want the struggle taken away. But it also can be a symptom of something underneath that. Um, I think often it's as Gabor Mate would say, if if you if you look at this as an addiction. Um, it could be something he's self-medicating to cope with something pain that's deeper than that. So that's kind of where I went with that. Yeah. So uh, if you took away, if I'm self-medicating with heroin, with alcohol, with money, with success, with food. sex, with food, with whatever, if somehow you took that away... And the underlying reason that I'm self-medicating doesn't go away, mm -hmm. then I'm just going to pick another, uh, I'm just going to pick something else out of the, the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the desire box, if you will. I think Is that what you're saying, I think that's the theory. And I think that, um, you know, some therapists believe I'd be in one of them that you want to get to the root of what's causing the self-medication. Um, mm -hmm. the root pain and deal and go there hmm. you know hmm. so. so would it be um would it be disorienting for you so this is just a mm -hmm. you question okay uh or brett uh, or me but i mean talking about just individual not talking about the theoretical so if you took away your your struggles how disorienting would that be? What mm -hmm. would that, what would that feel like? And what should it, you know, what, what should it feel like is guess my question as well. But what would that be? How disorienting would it be? Uh, or should it be like, maybe I'll sort of try to answer the question in a way that at least I was struggling. So if I'm, uh, if you took away my struggle against pride, for instance, would that mean I'm humble or would that mean I'm just no longer struggling against pride? Uh, in, in other words, is the source of some true humility, the fact that I unsuccessfully tr struggle against mm -hmm. some of my brokenness and realize that it's a true picture of myself, right. that uh, this thing is true about me and I think it's bad, but it's still true about me. And that is a, an actual cause of actual humility in my life. Uh, and if you took the thing away or the struggle away, that may not be good in a way that uh, I perhaps am not predicting. Does that make any sense? What, what do you think yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, because I can see where Susan and I's where we first went overlap, you know, because mm -hmm. I'm probably going more of like, you know, existential crisis than Susan is. Uh, of like, yeah, but it's all self-medication. Like, yeah. you know, turtles all the way down. You know, it, it's, there is no end to the self-medication. So 
you can't take away the struggle because it's in the DNA of existence. You know, uh, mm -hmm. I was hearing somebody talk the other day and they used a phrase that I'm going to butcher and then use for my own purposes here. But they mm -hmm. said something like the gospel invites you uh, into an ir irresistible attraction to a greater complexified life. You know, and it's just like, like just the DNA of who we are is always mm -hmm. wanting to move towards a greater complexified life. You know, and I, and I was thinking, when I think of that, I think of mystery, I think of confusion, I think of humility, I think of uncertainty. And it's like, if, right. if we're doing probably gospel moves, you know, we are putting ourselves in situations that, um, I don't know, require struggle. Hmm. And so mm -hmm. it's like, I don't even think we can act out of who we are um, without struggle being present. So it's right. almost, I'm not even too sure you could take it away, even if you attempted to. You couldn't. No, I mean, you, I don't right. think you could. I think that's part of, I guess that's, you know, that uh, what if, if, what if there's a drug for all my vices is an interesting question. That's his question. Paul Ford is the, is the author mm -hmm. of the article. Um and I think one of the things that's an interesting thing to think about, and I do think in, there's some way that question reveals some incorrect thinking that I might have or we might have, is that I'm going to work on my vices one by one mm -hmm. <laughs> and get rid of them right. until I don't really have them anymore. I mean, that's a silly thing to say out loud, but I think there's some assumption of I should be getting better, you know? Uh, and I don't think that's necessarily... You know, I've, I've always had this, you know, I'm going to describe a, a, a mathematical graph on a pod, on an audio only podcast. Uh, so, you know, try to stay with me. But if you had a graph of like a, a upward sloping line that and that was somehow indicative of my increasing holiness, my, my increasing Christ likeness, my 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 contention is there's a line above that line that's that's rapidly going up that indicates the, the knowledge of my own brokenness and sin. Like increasing in my own Christ-likeness necessitates an increasing knowledge of where I fall short. And it is when I feel like I'm not very far away is when I'm in real trouble. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's because it's not like I've got these atomistic aspects of me that I need to work on, you know, seven steps to a better whatever, but that I myself am corrupted and broken. And, you know, it's in my spiritual makeup right now, this side of eternity where, yeah, there is no, not only is there no drug to take away, it, you know, my, my, my problems go deeper than genetics. They'll, they'll never be a medicine that, that, that can take it all away. Um, and that would be probably bad be if bad, somehow yeah. they could, right? Because, uh, because there's something, uh, true about me that's being sort of taken away or or, or whatever. But I, I, it's hard for me to formulate that. That's just my sense of if I if if all of a sudden I was artificially better, I don't think that would be good. It would be like giving Gandalf the ring or something, the ring of power, you know, that to make it now. I, first, I described a, a, a math uh, graph and then i made a lord, <laughs> of, the ring a lord of the rings <laughs> well i think i think you're you're upward sloping towards a christ likeness you know i think a lot of you know i think a lot of assumption there for most people would be 
what a lot of Christian advice descends into, which is just um, like, it's like a uh, get gooder at acting writer. Right. You know, and it's like, in this situation, you tend to do this bad thing. So stop doing that bad thing. Yeah. And so it's like, I think most people think the upward slope is like, oh, I'm acting writer and things are better. Yeah. And it's It's trying to do it in your own strength and trying to manage it with all your systems, you know, versus, you know, leaning into him and Holy Spirit and realizing we're dependent because Uh we Mm. are better failures at trying to manage it ourselves. Yeah. I mean, one of the, I mean, I, you know, you give me a topic and I was bored this afternoon. I wrote down like three pages of things we could talk about with this. Um, but, uh, one of the, one of my little side quests I wrote down was like, Hey, take this pill, fix this a plus B equals C. Um, that's not Jesus. You know, he's not formula. He's not solution. I go, that's Job's friends. Um, but what is Jesus? Jesus is sell everything, eat my body, drink my blood, Mm -hmm. forget about your dying parents. I don't know. It's just, it's not linear. It's not base human fear and control it's like yeah, a yeah. different kind of kingdom altogether and it's uh, not managing your life yeah like yeah and i think to even like separate out even some of the language i think uh in your article mike i think you used maybe i may have made this up but even like struggle against or maybe he said struggle against mm-hmm. and i thought like um if somebody was in my office i would want to tell them more to change your language to struggle with mm-hmm. like, don't look at like a good versus bad. Like mm-hmm. there's an enemy and you have to defeat them. Uh, see it as some kind of dance mm-hmm. and that you're like working with your struggle to kind of um, figure out who you are. Yeah. Yeah. And it's part of the journey. Yeah. Well, and that's okay. So that, that leads me sort of to where my next, uh, next place I sort of want to think about because I do think struggle is the wrong word. It's actually, a, I mean, it's a biblical world word in the sense that somewhere somebody translated a Greek word into, you know, you've not yet, you've not yet uh, something in your struggle against sin or something in Hebrew. Right. I should have looked it up. Uh, I wasn't born this afternoon. I was, uh, it was anyway. <laughs> so we're going to dance with it instead of struggle, right? We're going to yeah. dance with it. Uh, there you but go. it's, it's, there's something about, I mean, what my struggle should look like, I think, and I think I mentioned in, uh, you know, the way I tried to put it in the article is that, um, that my brokenness is, you know, struggle against it includes surrender, worship, devotion, prayer, community, service, generosity, and other spiritual practices and the power of the Holy Spirit. That it is not even a, the sort of biblical remediation to my brokenness involves a lot of spiritual practices that don't sound like they're directly dealing with any of the struggle areas, but they're dealing with me and community and in the mission of the church and in being transformed by God's power and all of the stuff that I, by definition, don't, don't manage. Like I don't. um, So I think this is something that I really feel like Christians have trouble with because you know, struggle sounds like it's something I'm doing and I'm in charge of. And yet I think the New Testament describes it as something that I have some agency. I have some responsibility. I'm not passive. 
but I can't just make it happen either. I'm dependent on a bunch of other things and ultimately God and God's spirit to make any real change or headway. Uh, and it sort of belies the whole, you know, behavior modification or three steps toward, or, you know, do, you know, read this book and you'll be better at whatever. Like in general, I just don't think that actually works. Um, even, even me understanding my own self better is good, but in and of itself is not enough unless it leads me in this direction of that's people, practices, you know, worship, all of these things that don't maybe appear to directly be dealing with my own brokenness in a sense that I would try to deal with it. Am I making any sense at all? Uh, yeah. Um, well, I just keep talking. Susan? No, you're good. Okay. Uh, I mean, uh, Carl Jung had a term just called individuation, you know, and it, and it's all about, um, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it in very quick terms. Basically a self-actualization, you know, mm -hmm. uh, like through the process of integrating the whole self, mm -hmm. you know, and, and how it's like, that's just not a part of life. That is the goal of life, you know, to, to like move into it, like a fullness of a full integration. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's hard for me not to see that as part of that list you just rattled mm -hmm. off, you know, of the more you individuate, the more everything on your list. Um, uh, what, what was your list again? It was a worship, devotion, prayer, community, yeah. all of that. Yeah. Stuff. All Spiritual of those practices, are fuller. Practices. The more, uh, the more I'm fuller, mm -hmm. you know, all of those are fuller for me. And, I don't know. I just see, I see Paul in the new Testament doing that. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I see him constantly trying to individuate of like, mm -hmm. Hey, I'm, if anybody's without excuses me, or I beat my body every day, thorn mm -hmm. in my flesh. I, Hey, I'm the worst of these. Uh, and then the, the thing you had in your article of uh, Romans seven, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, he's constantly trying to take all the processes of him, you know, and just kind yeah. of like integrate and them. integrate them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I I specifically included that that verse in the piece, the Romans uh, seven piece, because I do think it's a it's a verse that uh, the church has <laughs> had a lot of struggle with. Like, you know, I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's just been a lot of theological prattling on that this must be Paul in his unredeemed state. It can't be him speaking to, about himself as a Christian, except there's really nothing in the text that indicates that. That's just yeah. we're uncomfortable with that level of, yeah. uh, you know, reality. whatever that is. Reality. reality. Yeah. And this may be completely, I mean, I guess we assume pain doesn't exist in a glory state. You know, like, I don't know. I think some, mm -hmm. I think sometimes we assume, Oh, there wasn't pain before the fall. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, then why did we have nerve endings? And I'm sure people weren't walking in. And then when it says a curse or like pain in childbirth, childbirth. and it's like, yeah, but it doesn't say pain. Mm -hmm. Like, like pain was invented. Then mm -hmm. it just says, Hey, that thing, you know, pain, that's mm -hmm. now going to be in childbirth. And then it says heaven, like no more tears, but then say no more pain. I don't know. I just think like theologically, 
we do something yeah. with pain of like, oh, pain can exist in some kind of glorified state. Mm. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, to me, I, that, that's but... a huge well because I just <laughs> that sort of leads to can I even imagine what I'm like without without my brokenness? Can I even imagine what a glorified, you know, state is? And I, I don't even think I can. Yeah. Uh, you know, right? It's just like it's not mm -hmm. something that I can really relate to in some way. Uh, and so those are all good questions. I don't really know the answer. Uh, Neither do I, you know, because I think like maybe brokenness isn't the pain we're in. Brokenness is our response to the pain we're in. Mm. You know, I mean, I mean, it, it's Adam and Eve. Uh, okay, I'm going off the rails now. But uh, oh my goodness. Oh my uh, Adam goodness. and Eve eat the apple, mm -hmm. you know. Um, Probably not an apple. Anyway. Okay, yeah, whatever. But uh, God shows up and he's like, hey, what happened here? Yeah. You know, and I'm, you know, and I, I think it's like, um, I wonder like what went wrong in the apple or did something go wrong in our response to when we're mm. asked to confess mm. what happened there, mm. you know, it's like, Hey, what happened here? And our immediately response is like defensiveness. Right. Hi. You know, yeah. The huh. woman you gave me, you know, it's not, right. I don't know. It's like, a, and then, so it's like our response to our pain seems to be our brokenness maybe even more than our pain. I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, our, but our response to our glory is the same, right? I mean, my ultimate victory, my response to that is also my brokenness. Like, right. Mm. It's not, yes, it isn't the only, it isn't only one thing. It's everything. It's, like you said, it's, it's brokenness all the way down. Right. Uh, what are you doing, man? What's that noise? Is that, Me? Yeah. I don't know. No, it's me. There's a motorcycle outside of oh, my okay. window. Wow. Okay. I was Turn like, I don't think I did down. anything. Yeah. No, Speaking of like, brokenness, the podcast yeah. was perfect and now it's ruined. It's been marred by the brokenness of the world. Um, so appropriate. Yeah, so appropriate. So um, so I, I think that um, it, it's interesting because I, I just, one of the things, I think what God says to them is, uh, do you know what it is you have done or something like that? Uh, I think it's something like that. Um, of course, he's not English, but um, in the sense of, uh, I mean, there's no possible way they could know. I mean, this podcast wouldn't be happening. Yeah. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be a different podcast. I mean, everything would be different in a way that's not, not possible, was not possible for them to comprehend at the time. And that's how I don't know that I can comprehend uh, that's why I'm very like, what will heaven be like? Well, I don't even, right. I don't know. I don't think we're able to know. Uh, it'll be, it'll be good in a way that I have to trust God for. And I, you know, um, but I do think now here and now the notion that everything will be triumphant, everything will be pain-free, everything will be, um, that I will always be in peaceful circumstances is just, you know, fall. I think it's a very American thing. Um, and that somehow, you know, I can have hope in circumstances or in emotions that don't lend themselves to hope because God is transforming me in ways that I don't control. Uh, and I think that's the that's the promise. It's not like, oh, if it wasn't for these bad things about me, I'd really follow Jesus well. Because I just think that's that's backwards. Like somehow that's right. got don't, it all wrong. And don't we grow in the struggle? You know, 
I don't know how else I would. I mean, I, I think right. I would be. I don't know. I mean, I somehow feel like it's a contradictory thing. You can't mm-hmm. take my vices away. But if somehow you could, I'd be horrible. <laughs> yeah. In a way that I, right. can't, I can't. Especially if I'd you be... took my vices away and not other people's and I, you know, wouldn't be able to right. show true compassion or <laughs> right. empathy or like anything. Gandalf just with like, the ring, what's wrong with you? Susan? Or you'd be like, what's her name? Galadriel. Yeah. What's her name? Uh, do you know, you know what I'm talking about? The, the forest, mm-hmm. the, the lady of the forest, right? Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. So, uh, so then what, um, I, I think there's two possible kind of responses or two things we do with our own brokenness. We had maybe more than two. We, you know, put lipstick on the pig or try to, we pretty it up, we behavior modify, we learn to do blah, 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 and somehow convince ourselves we're getting better uh, at it. There might be three things. The other one I was going to say is we just sort of give up, you know, I've struggled against it for so long. That's a whatever losing fight. I'm not even going to struggle against or worry about it anymore. Um, I mean, I think, I guess a third would be to to retreat from life altogether, I suppose, uh, or to try to medicate it in some way. Uh, that's, that's unhealthy. Um, and I, so it's the more, the message I don't want to give is the more passive one that, Mm. Hey, Struggle, you know, your your uh, struggle with your brokenness is good, so therefore your brokenness is good. Is a it's not the conclusion I'm necessarily trying to reach, um, and so I don't really know what that means. It just means, um, yeah, I, I I think a sense, you know, that the sense of having a proper self esteem or proper proper self uh, evaluation sometimes means I just embrace all my brokenness as in a way good. Uh, and it's not good. Although if you took it away from me, I somehow would be worse. I think I, I don't, mm-hmm. it seems cannot contradictory to me, but that's sort of where I'm landing. Does any of that make sense? What does that make sense to you, Susan? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that, you know, I'm just thinking about, you know, when you are trying to, pull yourself up by the bootstraps and follow all the rules and think that you're doing well. First of all, it's not reality. It's just you denying what's really there. Mm -hmm. And then something about when you realize who you really are and the brokenness within, it's like a reality check. And it's like, Oh, wow. You know, and then you can say, okay, this is actually what's going on with me. What do I want to do with it? And how can Mm -hmm. I use it, Mm -hmm. you know, to grow myself and to, I think, I can't remember what you said at the end of the article, but not wasted, I think. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it just seems like a better, it just seems like a better story to use it, to not waste it than to pretend it's not there Mm -hmm. or to pretend that we conquered it. Yeah. You know? And he, and he wasted it. The guy wasted it. So, yeah, that, you know, that story. Um, yeah, that makes yeah. me think of uh, Brennan Manning's memoir, uh-huh. All His Grace. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys yeah. have read that, but uh-huh. um, I don't know. I mean, basically, it's just it's a guy saying like, oh, I pretty much failed at the three things I tried my whole life. You know, mm-hmm. I wanted to be a priest, but I wanted to sleep with this woman. So I left priesthood to do that. 
married her. Married her. Yeah, married. divorced her because I was an alcoholic, and then just pretty much stayed an alcoholic until I died. You know, and it's like I don't think we get Brennan Manning unless we have that story, right? Because I mean, that's a story. One of the most prominent spiritual teachers of the last mm-hmm. however many years, yeah. and. Well, and I think that's, you know, that's probably a good landing place because I think that all of that describes our complicated relationship with grace. Like we say we're, we're about grace. We're all about grace. We believe in grace. But to really apply grace to myself, I have to really look at myself honestly, because what I can say is this is who I really am and all my brokenness and God gives me grace in this not uh, you know, not as a loan against what I'll be in the future, but to me right now, God gives me grace. And uh, that's what grace is. It can't be, it's not earned. It can't be earned. If it could be earned, I wouldn't be earning it because that I am who I am. I'm broken. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then therefore, that's the basis I should offer grace to other people, not conditionally, not in some promise of some future event, uh, but because I've been given grace and I know what grace is, and I'll always need grace on this side of, you know, uh, eternity at least. And without that, with all that denial and all that self-management, I think what we lose in all of that is grace. And we become harsh, achieving, pretending. Robots. Robots. <laughs> Which is, I think the church is kind of good at producing because, you know, you 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 want to, you know, sort of be... A present a I'm getting better as a Christian picture of the world, which may not be true, A, and you don't actually probably get better without actually struggling with your your brokenness. And in that whole thing, uh, we don't have any grace because we don't, I don't think I need a whole lot. I mean, I'm getting better. I mean, I need some grace, but I don't need a whole lot. And that's such mm-hmm. a false view of who I am and who the, you know, who Jesus says I am. And then I don't have grace for anybody else. I, I was going to say, say that limits our grace for others when we don't see what we're right. offered. You just made that we need bad it. choices. I mean, just make different choices. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think it's like if you work backwards, it's like you're going at, I don't know, uh, it's like situational outcomes. And it's like, so behavior modification out of fear um, f- for the purpose of trying to change situational outcomes. Which I mean, to me, never sees what never seems what the gospel's about or Jesus is about. Mm-hmm. Uh, he seems to me more out of it's like a curiosity and exploration out of love, mm-hmm. and it's all about like attaching people back into themselves and helping them understand themselves more, and attaching people into other people through like empathy and love and understanding. Right. And I don't know; those are just two completely different strategies. Yeah. It's yeah, a so hard it, relationship. Yeah. And it's so interesting that the, one of the things that made religious people so profoundly uncomfortable with him was his comfort with profoundly and obviously publicly broken people and their comfort with him, mm-hmm. uh, both of which was extremely suspect to them. Uh, and in reality, I don't think necessarily Jesus saw them as more broken. Uh, no. he just saw them as more publicly broken. The people that he had the harshest criticism for were all the religious people who judged him for being with these. And those were the people trying to manage their stuff. Right. And, and, and 
you know, in the culture they lived in, they viewed themselves as very successfully managing it to, mm-hmm. you know, to their game. Uh, and so um, I just, it's such an easy trap to fall into. And I think that there's a dance of not celebrating my brokenness, but not denying it either and bringing it to God for his grace and redemption and growing Christ-likeness means actually some sort of something he's doing uh, in me mostly through my cooperation. Um, so we're at we're at the end of our I'm sure we could talk another yes another hour uh, but uh, we are at the end of our time so I'm going to land the plane there. Thank you Susan very much for Thank your you. participation. Thank you Brett. Uh, Brett's clapping. Um, and uh, we'll end it there. Um, uh, if you uh, didn't read the piece yet We'd lo- I'd love for you to do that and comment on it. And uh, if you, uh, su- you can subscribe to the embassy at theembassy.substack.com. Uh, and we will have another piece next week. Um, I'll look forward to conversing with you then. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening. Do you enjoy On Culture? You can support us and the content produced by subscribing to our newsletter, The Embassy, by visiting theembassy.substack.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.